Welcome to Championship Sunday, everybody. This is going to be a great weekend. Patriots, Jags, Eagles, Vikings, going to be two slugfests, I'm sure. Uh, we're excited to watch those games. But before we get to those games, we're going to be talking about average draft position or ADP. We're going to be telling you guys what we think uh, is going to be the perception of players ADP going into next year. Some bold predictions that we're going to be making about the draft season coming up this summer. And just to kind of help you get ready, it's never too early to start getting ready for next season. So let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott hey. and via Skype, Tom. Hey, everybody. Gentlemen, we got a great Sunday of division round football and a pretty good Saturday as well. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Patriots hosting the Jags. We've got the Eagles hosting the Vikings. We're going to get to the previews of those games towards the end of this episode. But right now we're really starting our not so heavy lifting, but we're definitely starting to, to break a sweat looking forward to draft season uh, over this coming summer. And we're going to be taking a look at the effects that uh, we've, some of the things that were interesting about ADP this year. Yeah. It's one um, of the most important things of, of the draft is how your your league has ADP set up. It sounds it sounds a little ridiculous, but uh, that's really how how the draft tends to go, especially when it's not experienced guys. Yeah, and it's absolutely true. Uh, and this is not information that we are keeping from the public. You can go to Yahoo. Uh, that's what we're use. That's the information that we're using. That's what uh, that's what we're going with. So you can certainly go look this up and make some conclusions of your own. Let us know what you find at Ruts FF. We're uh, we're interested to find out about this just as much as you. So we're going to talk a little bit about just some conclusions that we came to about this year's draft season. Um, starting with the wide receiver position, I we, we presented some statistics over the past couple of weeks about how the wide receiver position was pretty inconsistent this year. But Scott, you kind of found some things that, that people really need to understand going into next year's draft. Yeah, I think it was just a little, a little overrated. You know, I think last year you saw so many receivers have big seasons and uh, there was a little bit of, uh, of bias in there that these receivers were just going to be able to do this again. People were going to be able to produce at the level that they had again. And of course, injuries plays a factor, but even non-injured guys that you were forced to kind of trot out every week were like Mike Evans, Jordy, Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton, Terrell Pryor. These were all guys ADP in the first three rounds that you burned a pick on thinking they were going to be this amazing receiver. And then, you know, if you go go and look at the some of the other values, like Devin Funches was, was barely even drafted in leagues. Robbie Anderson was barely even drafted in leagues. So I think receiver was just a little overvalued. And I think the ADP of all these receivers being in the top is is what affected that. Yeah, and what I love that you mentioned, Scott, it, it was all about that name recognition with these guys. You know, you were taking Mike Evans thinking you can start him every week. Right. He was not an every week starter by no. any stretch of the imagination towards the end of this season. If there were people that cut him, they probably could have done so pretty reasonably by the end of the year. This is a guy who didn't produce his first 100-yard game in until week 16 or 17 yeah, this was, year, which compared to bad. last year, he was going like five so straight bad. weeks with 100 yards or a touchdown. It was crazy. Uh, Jordy Nelson losing Aaron Rodgers was a big part of Jordy Nelson's regression, but so was his own regression. Uh, he just did not get it done in ways that needed to be happening. Amari Cooper, we thought he was going to make a third year leap. He took a huge step back basically to rookie year numbers for him or maybe even below that. Um, T.Y. Hilton. He's our darling. Yeah. He's our segment darling. Yeah. <laughs> but he was our segment darling for a reason because we we just could not get a peg and on whether or not he was going to play well. Even, at all and year. even I fell in love with Terrell Pryor, and it happens. You know, it happens to everybody. Yeah. But I think just trying to take a step back and and not being like, oh, I need yeah. I need this guy. Let me take him above his ADP, below his ADP. No, just you just got to try and value the situation yeah. for what it is. Yeah, there's there's uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the running back position with one of my uh, predictions about our ADP for next year's draft. But I will say this. What a lot of people went into drafts thinking is they can stack their first three receivers and then pick any two running backs or pick a bunch of running backs and just play matchup base. And that's just not how the running back position played out 
at no, all this it year. was actually we vice had, versa. Really, yeah, we had a lot of studs who are who are coming up, and and I'm going to talk about that when we talk take a look at next year's early ADP projections. But in the meantime, we've got a couple of things that we need to talk about with quarterbacks as well. Or right, Tom, anything you wanted to talk about with the receivers before we move on? Well, I was going to say that you know Mike Evans, right? He has zero games where he had multiple touchdowns, which is basically going to be like wind up being like a career outlier for Mike Evans, right? Like he's still going to go really high in drafts and he's still going to have those big games in the future, but we just didn't see any this year, be it because of the Jameis Winston injury and then maybe they had no well, they definitely did have no bye week. You know what I mean? Right. They had it in week 1. So there's a couple contributing factors to why things didn't go so great, but I mean I still believe that he's a bounce-back candidate. T.Y. Hilton, a big bounce-back candidate once you get Andrew Luck. Some of the other guys, Terrell Pryor, a little bit more scary. But once you dig into that, you see that he was playing hurt. So there's going to be hope for these guys going forward. You know, Obviously, Jordy Nelson's much better with Aaron Rodgers, but we'll see if he even remains on the team. So it's all about paying attention and throughout the offseason becoming the – the gatekeeper of your own internal ADP and remembering how you felt at the end of this year and trying to reconcile that with how you feel going into the next. I, I agree, Tom. That's a great point to bring up because it really seems like, you know, there were a lot of these receivers. It was just their situations that betrayed them. And for Amari Cooper, it was his hands that betrayed him. And <laughs> for sure, for Terrell Pryor, I think it what was it his hamstring or his, his ankle, his ankle betrayed him. Um, he was hurt, you know, playing hurt all year. But speaking of situational uh, factors, Scott, you had another thing that you wanted to talk about with the quarterback position. Yeah, the quarterback position was really interesting. You know, when you when you dig into the ADP, um, you saw a lot of guys go in the top ten picks that had, I guess, question. We'll call it questionable situations around them, like like Matt Ryan loses his offensive coordinator. Um, Mariota has has injury problems with Corey Davis. He had he never really established a, re a rapport with Decker, which we thought was going to happen, but it never really did. And uh, I just think that the players and coaches that surrounded the quarterback were more important than the actual quarterback this year. And you know, teams like um, like Jared Goff goes from a complete joke to one of the best quarterbacks you can start every single week you see Blake Bortles go from you know this garbage offense that he was just hoping to score points and blow out minutes to a real legitimate offense that he is a actually a, a pretty big part of and there were there were, there's more examples than that you know as you go down the list I but um throw in Carson Wentz there for oh you yeah because, yeah that's you know a great there one. were a lot there were a lot of reports and and it was coming up now because the Eagles got that huge win in Philadelphia on Saturday people were calling people were calling out Doug Peterson before the season started. Is he the guy to pull this team together? Maybe he lost the locker room a little bit towards the end of the year. Is Carson Wentz really all he's cracked up to be? And, you know, they stayed the course and they believed in each other. And, you know, if you don't think that that matters, look at what happened with Deshaun Kaiser right. in Cleveland. This was a guy that we thought had some pretty good prospects. It was a guy that we were excited about at least a little bit in the rookie episode because we're saying – we know he's going to get the keys, right. and we know that they are going to give him the best chance. And it turns out the Browns didn't give Deshaun Kaiser the best chance to succeed. They basically just said, go out there and do what you need to do, and we're going to get through this season and hopefully get your replacement. And, yep. and that's no way to cultivate a winning culture in, yeah, in so, your league. And it's just, so one it's thing just I think I'm going to pay attention to for next year with the quarterbacks is that I'm going to pay attention to what situations they're stepping into? Where Where is Kirk Cousins going? Who's his offensive coordinator going to be? Who are his new receivers going to be? Things like that and those types of factors as opposed to just looking at ADP and saying, based off ADP, this is my value. Right, and when I think about that, I think about like guys like Derek Carr or Jameis Winston who had you know these disagreements with their coaches and Tom, as you know, Derek Carr and Jameis Winston did not have you know that really that great a season. It looked like you gave me a look like I stole what you were going to say. Well, I was going to talk about Jameis Winston, right? I think it. it's like even just organizationally, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have always screwed up with, you know, sort of star players. They had Darrell Revis play zone and they still didn't throw deep balls to Deshaun Jackson. They were right. deep ball needy coming into the season, the most deep ball needy team in the world. They go out and get one of the best deep ball receivers of the era, if not the current, you know, year. And uh, they remained the worst deep ball team in the NFL. Exactly. So, you know, you, like, and we talked about Winston and Dirk Cutter did not 
get along this no. year. And you know, luck. I guess luckily for Dirk Cutter, the the Bucks weren't able to give John Gruden ten years and a hundred million dollars <laughs> on his contract, yeah. so he's staying in Tampa Bay. So it's going to be a really big soul searching year, and that should take into effect what you do with Jameis Winston next year because yep. if he doesn't have the support of Dirk Cutter, he's going to go out there and he's going to make the same mistakes he made last year. Which brings me to a point that kind of just piggybacks off of Scott because I'm sitting with two people who are big proponents, especially after this year, of the waiting for a quarterback guy. Yep. And you need to use what Scott just said to think about, okay, who are some of the guys that I can wait for? Yep. Because you need to wait for the guys who are in good situations. And listen, Blake Bortles had a great year this year. He went from garbage time hero to game manager hero. And, you know, is he still a hero in our eyes? Of course he is. You know, he's playing right. He's playing on Sunday. Yeah. And that, that speaks quite loud enough. Agreed. But, you know, I'm thinking about, and Tom, you're going to bring up one of these guys who I'm thinking about, so I'm not going to say his name. But, you know, think about a guy like Phillip Rivers. If he's coming back next year and there's been no indication that Phillip Rivers is going to retire – that's a guy who has an organization that believes in him. They have an offense that's built around him. That's right. They have a running game that's going to be that's support built to him. support him. They got two great pass catchers in Melvin Gordon and the and the specialist in Austin Eckler. So you know you got to think about that if you're going to wait on a quarterback because taking these these sexy high profile guys like Winston, like Mariota this year, like Derek Carr this year, right. they ended up ha all three of those guys ended up having lame duck seasons, and now Matt you're Ryan. thinking like. You know, do I need to take them as my week one starter? No, you're probably going to take those guys as a system one-two punch with a guy who's in a really good situation, like, for example, Jimmy Garoppolo, the Goff father. Deshaun Watson. Exactly. These guys, I think, may end up going going a lot higher. But, you know, like we said, you can the, – the the diamonds are there in the rough to yeah. uh, take from our award. Yeah. But, um, you know, they're there, and I think that it's – it's, it shouldn't be based off ADP. It should be based off situation and how, how it's building for the quarterback. Yeah. And then, of course, we've... There's we've always enough. There's always enough quarterbacks right. in the oh, draft yeah. lobby that There's you can go for someone who's a streamer with upside, right? So, like, maybe they have a good few matchups in the very beginning, but you can see the path where they are going to be your week-to-week -week quarterback. I'm not anti-week-to-week -week quarterback, right? But, like, if you're going to be able to get... Uh, those first three, four weeks out of the way with an easy pick late in the draft and you have that upside built in, then more power to you because you don't have to harbor another quarterback. You can go out and get more position players. And we know that harboring position players is the way to go. You, If you listen to us and you draft Robbie Anderson, you needed to wait a little bit, but yeah. it paid off big time. And those are the kind of guys that you can cash in on when you only go with one quarterback. And keep this in mind too. If you're in a 10-team league and you're the last guy to draft a quarterback, there were 18 quarterbacks drafted. There's still 14 left. Yep. Was Josh McCown at one the of the most, 14 though. quarterbacks taken? Right. And right, that's at the most if every single team takes a starter and a backup, Tom. That's a very good point. Like, you know, there's going to be guys out there. And for me, I'm a panic guy. I'll, I'll put my foot down and say I am a I'm the type of guy who I'm like, if I don't have like my starting roster filled by by round 10, I get a little freaked out. And if it's tight end, so be it. But if it's quarterback, you better believe if I don't have a quarterback by round 10, you know what I'm doing in round 10. Especially with the turnover at the position, though. Like, look at look at our boy Case Keenum now. You yeah. know, he's he's out there in the NFC Championship game, but he also was a fine starter in fantasy throughout the whole year. So just paying attention to the waiver wire could even be more beneficial. There's just there's like like we've been saying, there's so many options, and each week it seems like yeah. one of those options off the waiver can get you 20 points. Hashtag ride the lightning of before course. we move on. Uh, I just looked at this because it seems like to me, and maybe it's just because we are doing the podcast for the first time this year, but it seems like to me there are a lot more high-profile rookies who are going to be in those, those top five rounds than oh, there yeah. typically are. And so I just wanted to kind of run through these with you guys because I – I think next year's sophomore class, the ADP of these guys is going to be all over the place, and I think it's going to be really interesting. So I'm going to try to start with some guys who I think are going to be really, really early, and we'll start with Kareem Hunt. So do we think – I think we're all in agreement here. Is ADP is going to be the first round? Yes. Is it going to be closer to one or closer to ten? Ten. Tom? I think it'll actually be closer to one. Yeah, I, I think he could easily be four. The only reason I think that, that I think it'll be, it'll be closer to ten is because I just think that – um, you know, Zeke, Le'Veon, David Johnson, Antonio Brown, 
are probably all going to go ahead of him. Yeah. Um, but I could see somebody the, saying, you know, David Johnson, maybe not. At yeah. Least I saw Kareem yeah. Hunt on the field last year. Might not be the smartest thing in the world to do, but I could see. I would never, I would never yeah. take him over David Johnson, but I think that the hype is going to become huge around him. Um, Especially I if think, he falls out in the Pro Bowl or something. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens with like Spencer Ware coming back, and that's something to monitor. But I think people are really excited about him. He finished the season really strong. He started the season really strong. So most people have you know a warm and fuzzy feeling about him. Right. And you know, I for one, I'm going to beat the drum all off season that the new offensive coordinator was the running backs coach. Yeah. Yeah. For like, sure. I that I love big. that. Yeah, that's cool. How about Alvin Kamara? He's right first round. Right I think there. We're all right, in agreement. Right next to Kareem Hunt, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think the question is which one goes first between those two is the is the real major question. So then, what's your answer to that question, Tom? For me, I will I'll be beating the drum and I'll say Kareem Hunt. I love Alvin Kamara, but it's just you know there's two really solid horses back there, and I'd rather take the uh, the free and clear guy and maybe even try to get Ingram later if, on. If Kamara gets the same amount of touches. It will be almost impossible for him to do what he did again. It would be right. like an act of God if he he'd be the best running back ever if he did that. Again. He did outsnap Mark Ingram in their last four games, and that does include the two games they played in the playoffs. So maybe there's a bit more touches going Kamara's way. And like you said, it's going to be impossible to keep up that yards per touch rate that right. he had. But if it's more touches, then we do think he's going to be able to make the most of those opportunities. And I think you guys actually sold me. I, I would take Hunt over Kamara now if I had to draft today. Yeah, he's the so only, nice job. He's the only show in town. Yeah. Another second-year running back who's possibly playing his way into the into the first round, Leonard Fournette, guys. Yeah. He, I think he's going to be back-end round one, high-end round two. But I think he's going to be taken as a, as a player's RB1 next year. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think that it wouldn't surprise me if these three guys literally went in order. You know, yeah. Hunt, Kamara, Fournette in that in some of that. I think a lot of running backs are, are going to go in the first round. We'll get to that later. But, yes. um, you know, I love Fournette. And obviously th this playoffs has only shown why you should. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he misses a lot of time. And, I mean, he does. He did. And I think he's just becoming like one of those guaranteed handcuff guys. Like you've got to pay up for the handcuff. You're going to want to make sure you've always got the handcuff when you're dealing with Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and handcuffing really not becoming a terrible strategy in some cases. Uh, there were probably people who handcuffed Mark Ingram with Alvin Kamara in the middle of the year, and they hopefully <laughs> probably were starting both of them if they were able to do that. No doubt. Another guy, I think personally, he was Christian. Let's talk Christian McCaffrey. He was love to high end third, basically anywhere from round three pick one to round three pick ten or twelve, depending on what how, depending on your league size. But I think he stays right there. And I think he stays right there because he deserves to, not because he's like, you know, we, we were hyped on him. And PPR leagues, he's going to stay right there. Standard, he could fall to the fourth or fifth, but he I don't was still, see He it was still on the RB1 map, on the RB1 yeah. radar, even in a standard league. I think that um, here's another guy where the hype train could actually build and he can slide into that second round because of how many guys we think might go in the first round. With North Turner as his new offensive coordinator, everyone's seen how well he's been able to use running backs, especially one as as talented as McCaffrey. Uh, you know, you got to assume he gets more carries at some point. Maybe Stewart not being there. There's a there's a lot to be said for McCaffrey's situation. I think he's he's like a guy yeah. to monitor, but in that second third round range, I bet. Tom, I'll swing it. To I oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I like the guy a lot. Um, swinging it to me is a nice. Uh, verbiage when you're talking about McCaffrey <laughs> well I, was I mean pose this question to you Tom full point PPR would you take Christian McCaffrey in the second round next year um probably not because I'd like to say that I'm picking a running back in the first round like I've already I'm already locking up an elite one but let's say I went two really strong wide receivers then I wouldn't be against taking him all right, let's say I took one wide receiver, I guess because I'm in the second round, right? So, duh. Um, I wouldn't be against taking him, but I would have to really be sure of what's coming around on the third pick. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I just It kind of popped in my head when Scott yeah. was talking about it because he said he could slide in the second round. I think full point PPR, he's worth a look if you're going to go running back, running back, because I don't think you're going to be able to depend on Christian McCaffrey as an RB1 next year yet. 
but he could get there in the next two, three years. I think, sure. you know, he had such a good season. And, and I think even while you were while we were watching the games, we felt like there was still more to be had. You know, yeah. there was still an untapped potential that he didn't even reach this year catching 80 balls, 1,000 total yards, and seven touchdowns, whatever he had. Yeah. Um, let's go to a running back who probably would have been in the conversation with all these other guys had he not gotten hurt. What are we going to make of Dalvin Cook next year? Oh, because that's going to be tough. He looked great, and then he got hurt. And then Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon together looked great. So is there going to be an odd duck out in that backfield? Are they going to split carries between all three of them? I think McKinnon, I don't know. I think McKinnon is a free agent this year. I'm not 100% sure. So. His contract is up, yeah. Yeah, so so for Dalvin Cook's sake, you know, hopefully McKinnon leaves. Yeah. <laughs> or else he's going to be stuck in what I think to be a three-headed monster. Because look at Minnesota, man. They're good. Yeah. They're good with Murray. They're good with McKinnon. And they were good they were with good with Cook, yeah. And uh, you know, I I just think that they're they're kind of like a machine right now. They got a, they got a lot of positivity going. And this is another one where it's it's a, a long game because we got to see how he recovers too. Yeah. Dynasty it's leagues are still picking him up, yeah, for sure. It's not like he's a an expensive contract that's going to be bogging them down either, right? So let's say they win the Super Bowl and Jarek McKinnon goes buck wild in it, so they've got to pay him. They can just keep all three of them, and it doesn't really matter to them. It's no, it's not a big uh, stressor for them, especially if they're going to go with Case Keenum. You know, they have all these built-in cheap options if they wanted to Adam keep Thielen. the band together. <laughs> exactly. Digs on a fourth-round contract. Yeah, um, crazy. I'm going to pose this. Oh wait, I I was going to ask you guys a question about. Oh, um, I'm going to pose this question, to you guys. You don't have to answer it right now because it wasn't on our list. But if Jarek McKinnon moves on to a new team. What team would he go on that would ha- cause his ADP to rise the most? Wow, that's tough. It would be cool if he did a uh, a swap. Well, not a swap, but if he wound up in Tevin Coleman's place once Tevin Coleman goes and gets paid somewhere else because he's like a cheaper Tevin Coleman. I like that. Uh, but obviously he'd have to to go somewhere where he can be the pass catcher like if there's an insanely good bruiser there already then he's going to be amazing if he went to the seahawks i would really like that um how about, it's how a about guy tampa, that, bay? tampa bay could be a good p- fit for him yeah i mean they've Depending they've played they the charles martin. sims game for a really long time i mean doug martin old um unreliable kind of thing so i'd feel comfortable if they ate what they owe him and you know, I think Jarek McKinnon's really good. Not I for do nothing. too, and I think he he's going to want to go year. somewhere where he can be the only show in town. If not, well. at least get the the share that he got in Minnesota yeah. when Dalvin Cook wasn't there. Because when Dalvin Cook was there, they weren't even playing him. No, they weren't. Yeah, or Murray, really. Yeah. Well, Murray was and they didn't the need to. Right, right. Um, so, believe it or not, that rookie class focused mostly on running backs. It was a really bad year for wide receiver, although we did get Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. He's going to be the only proven commodity from this wide receiver class. We never really saw John Ross get off the ground. We never really saw Corey Davis get off the ground until he posted two tutties against New England on Saturday. Right. So I think, to me, Juju is going to be the only sophomore wide receiver with an ADP above the 10th round. Oh, yeah. But my question, I guess, to both of you is, how high is he going to go? It's, he's going to go so high, I think. Is he going to be gonna the be... sixth round like Martavis was yes, this year? Yes, I think yes. so. Maybe even higher because wow. he's so likable. So yeah. there's going to be someone in your league that just really, really likes Juju. You know, someone who who uses Twitter a lot and, yeah. and sees okay. how, how funny he is and, like, you know, people who fall in love with his celebrations and stuff. I think he's going to be one of those really, really trendy guys that, that gets a huge upswing, especially when if you start hearing about, you know, potential Le'Veon Bell problems. Maybe we see some people thinking, you know, oh, Juju's going to get all these targets now. He's going to be awesome. Uh, you know, that's how it builds. Yeah, we'll have more on uh, Le'Veon Bell's potential holdout later. Wink, wink, Tom. Um, <laughs> I, you know, you're right. I mean, you go to the Yankee Stadium and there's always someone in a Steelers jersey there. So there's probably a Steelers fan somewhere in your fantasy football league, and he's going to want Juju yep. because, you know, he's the bright, shiny new toy that Be- Big Ben uh, always is there's stick always a use. second receiver yeah. that someone drinks a Kool-Aid on for the Steelers. All right, so the only other pass catcher that I want to talk about is Evan Engram. He posts a top five scoring season for for the tight end position. Really shattered the expectations of rookie tight ends going forward. But what is his ADP going to look like in the summer? 
I ran a poll about that on Twitter yes. a while ago, but that was also when he was um, that was producing when hysteria was going on in this house. Yeah, that was when it was in full swing, and he did die down a little bit. And he's also going to lose his quarterback, you know. So while Maybe. I pull up these results, we got to basically temper them because I think Tom I thinks mean, that his quarterback is supposed to be Geno still, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Evan Ingram owners should wish it was Gino. He I played think, great when in the game Gino started. I think his AB, ADP is going to be too high. I'm going to come yeah. out and say it right now, and I think he's going to flat out disappoint. Yeah, because um, I think the problem is they I went think, to him out of necessity. Yeah, they didn't have Odell or Shepard. They or literally had no one else to throw the ball to. Yeah. So, so he did he do well? Yeah, of course. Is he good? I do think he's he's very good, but. There's, it's just not feasible that he's just going to be yeah. like, no, oh, now that Odell's back, we're still going to yeah. target Evan Ingram a ton. It's just not going to happen. And we've also got Matt Patricia probably coming in to coach the Giants next I year. I heard it was the Lions for him. Oh, oh right. Pat Shermer maybe that's for, the, right, for the Giants. So, you know, offensive mind, well, that kind of just flips what I was about to say <laughs> uh, in a big way. Shermer, an offensive mind, could funnel the ball to Engram, but I mean first of all he's going to need to funnel the ball to Odell Beckham first and probably yeah. to Shepard who definitely proved himself when he came back this year as well um, so Engram, I think you're right I think because Greg Olson is going to be falling in, in drafts uh, this summer I think because he was so unavailable and just did not look himself when he came back from that foot injury I think his ADP falls and I think someone's going to rise to replace him and I think it might be Evan Engram. yeah it's definitely possible so. I would rather have Greg Olson a uh, hundred times out of a hundred. Um, Evan Ingram in the Evan Ingram hysteria finished in that poll with seventy-five percent of the vote uh, in rounds four to six. I actually used to joke around. I think I said it on the show that I wanted to make another poll. Which which of those rounds? I think back then it would have been more like four or five, and I think now it's more like five to seven. I could see him. Um, slipping into that back half. Yeah. So if you're really truly excited about Evan Ingram, I think it it, it died down enough that yeah. you're going to be able to get in at an okay price. And he's but not I do believe go ahead of Gronk. He's not going to go ahead of Kelsey. So you know if Gronk and Kelsey are taken, that kind of should start the timer in your le- in your mind if you're going to try and get him because you know the next tight end off the board to me is probably going to be Ertz or Engram. Yeah, and sounds about right. Definitely going to be Ertz. Game. Yeah. So uh, and then there's one more rookie we need to talk about in terms of his ADP, and it's Deshaun Watson. Um, he was he had potential to be overall player number one if he didn't get hurt. Yep. Um, you know his sophomore years coming back. You know we saw a big jump from Wentz. We saw a big jump from Goff. We'll see how it goes with Trubisky next year and possibly with Kaiser if he stays as the Brown starter. But I mean, the sky is the limit for this guy, and I think because of that, so is his ADP. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I, I think I, like, can... Tom, you made a you made the great comment. I you're you're a weight on quarterback guy, so there's really no feasible way that a weight on quarterback guy is going to end up with Deshaun Watson next year. There's literally no way I'll own him anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking too. Unless I'm just like I gotta have him in one league, so yeah. I just like yeah. pressure pick him somewhere. But you know, I think his ADP is going to just be too high. It's yeah. just. You're gonna. He's probably gonna be one of the top five quarterbacks going off the board. Yeah. Those typically come off in the top six rounds. So there you have it. Yeah. I mean, because I wouldn't take I wouldn't take him over Rodgers. Assuming Brady comes back, I'm not taking him over Brady. Wilson. I'm probably maybe. not gonna take him over Russ Wilson Wentz. after what he did. Wentz is gonna be interesting. Cam's always a factor. You know, if Luck has a clean bill of health and you're drafting after the preseason's over and Luck looks good in the preseason, he might start to rise. So. Like, do you want to take Watson, who's coming off, you know, his second major knee injury? And granted, he, I mean, he looked great. I want him to be great. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm expecting him to be very good next year, but it's just a matter of can I get him on my fantasy team? And I don't think so. I think you guys are right. He's going to just be way too pricey for the value that you can get just at the like, skill position. Just like Juju, someone's going to drink the Kool-Aid right. on him big time and, and, and feel like they need to get him based off of that ADP. Right. Well, thank you both, gentlemen. Because Even was, more than Juju. Yeah. Well, thank you both, gentlemen, because I was very confused. I was looking at the at the sophomores because really the only sophomore we had to worry about last year was was Zeke, and yeah. we knew he was going to be a first round pick before the suspension, and then the suspension muddled things a little bit. But he was still on everybody's radar, and now we've got all of these guys who are going to be on people's Michael radars Thomas next too. year. Yeah, him too. Yeah. That's right. But um, like same thing, he right. was going to go up early anyway. Right. So now we are going to get to our ADP bold predictions. We're just taking a look, and we're looking back at players' performances from. 
last year, and we're going to use that to kind of see how are things going to go in drafts next year. And if you listen last week, you're going to remember that we talked about the account, uh, holding ourselves accountable. I think we should revisit these predictions during our shareholders meeting episode, which we do at the end of draft season mm-hmm. to see how it pans out. Because I think, I think, obviously right now, I think a lot of these are going to be uh, quite accurate. Yeah, it's uh, so, going to be interesting to see how they unfold for yeah. sure. Uh, so, Scott, we'll, we'll start with you, and we'll just run through your three first. Sure. I'll start off with um, my first bold prediction. Um, I think every single team in the NFL besides the Jaguars, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Cardinals, and the Bills will have two running backs drafted based off of ADP in in drafts everywhere. We'll call it we'll call it based off of Yahoo's ADP. There's going to be two running backs from each team other than those 1 2 3 4 5 um that are going to be drafted. I think I think you can bring it down to 4. I think with um, right, Jacksonville, Jacksonville I think even uh it's any Le'Veon Bell handcuff, yeah. Like it's going to be even lower. Right. So, so it's it's interesting because of how you know obviously this stems from how many teams use two running backs successfully this year or in some capacity where you didn't see this one guy getting this this huge workhorse role obviously there's a few guys in the NFL that it's kind of built in at this point like the Bills are going to feed Shady the Cowboys are going to feed Zeke the Cardinals are going to feed David when he comes back you know those types of guys I think are still going to hold their role but I think almost every other running back position is going to be somewhat open at the draft, which is going to be insane for where people get drafted, you know, where they're going to go and all that type of stuff. Like even like a Carlos Hyde, Matt Breida situation. You're not going to know because these guys are going to be equally used. More guys are more of these big body backs can catch the football now. So, so, and having them both and being able to use them both, not knowing when it's going to be a throw, when it's going to be a run really benefits the offense. I think you saw that a lot this season. And I think that, you know, the NFL is a copycat league. So there's going to be more teams looking to do something like that. Yeah, look at look at the teams remaining. You know, it's New England who uses eight guys out anyone, of the backfield. Literally anyone you know, they want. You've got Minnesota who have been riding Murray and McKinnon. The Eagles also have eight running backs on their active <laughs> yeah. roster. And, and then you've got the Jags who, yes, Fournette is the he's – the, he's the rock carrier – but they've been using Yeldon a lot. You yeah. know, Chris Ivory, a healthy scratch last week. And even Bortles has but, been running, baby. And, and Bortles <laughs> has been, you know, treating himself like a running back over the past couple of weeks. So, you know, I, I agree with this. You know, I'm thinking like just like Cincinnati, Joe Mixon is going to be handcuffed by Giovanni Bernard because Giovanni Bernard played extremely well when Mixon was dealing with those injuries over the, right. over the course of um, the, the end of the season. Right. You've got, you know, Detroit, they're like the the breadwinners of this. There's Green Bay. You're going to have Montgomery coming back with either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Probably both. It's it's going to be so. It's going to be nuts. There's going to be so many. We could literally go through every single team in the NFL. Well, we got enough time. We're running short. The the Raiders with Marshawn Lynch probably not going to be there. Who who are you going to pick between those? You know, it's just. I think there's going to be so much uncertainty at the running back position that they're just going to be flying yeah. off the board. All right, let's move on to your second one then, Scott. Sure. Um, this one, um, I, I was kind of thinking, like, what situation is going to be similar to the Rams where where all their guys were basically undervalued and you cashed in if you picked any of their guys? And I landed on the Chicago Bears and yeah, that that might sound a little, you know, that probably sounds a little ridiculous with how bad they were. But remember how bad the Rams were; they were last in the league in points last year. Now they get a new, fresh offensive mind, Matt Nagy, who just opened up the Chiefs' offense once he got play calling authority in Kansas City. Now he's the head coach in Chicago, and he's got a Tyree Kill in Tariq Cohen. He's got a, a Kareem Hunt in Jordan Howard. And, you know, there's these other weapons. Um, you know, my boy Cameron Meredith should be coming back off a tour in ACL, Absolutely. who I still believe in. And uh, Kevin White, if Kevin you're, still, White, if you're still a believer. I think that there's options in this offense. Trubisky has ability. He was never really given the chance. I see him making that second-year jump, maybe maybe not a Carson Wentz, maybe not a Jared Goff level, but to the level that you're going to be able to cash in on these other position players because they're all going to be discounted. Jordan Howard's going to be 
discounted. Tariq Cohen, you know, who knows if he'll even be drafted. We'll have to see how it goes. And their receivers are going to be free. Cam Meredith was basically free this year. Yeah. You know? They're um, all going to be dirt cheap. Yeah. I like it a lot. The one name that you didn't mention, Scott, and you didn't mention it because he may end up never playing again, but uh, Zach Miller. You yeah, know, he's, yeah, he actually he's done, I has think. been posting videos. He's walking again, yep. which is fantastic to see. So we continue to wish him all the best in his recovery. That yeah, was no doubt. that was easily my least favorite injury of the year. Yeah, that's um, gross. Yeah, got- what I thought would be the only incomplete man catch Monday, but there was also yeah. the. Uh, the Steelers, Jesse James won. <laughs> so many of those that we probably need to go to Man Catch Monday and What's a Catch Wednesday next season. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I could run that one, Tom, if you want. Um, <laughs> Scott, your next one, uh, it, it tackles a big piece of news that's come down over the past couple of weeks. John Gruden's going to be the new head coach of Oakland. I kind of alluded to it when right. I was you know, talking crap about the Bucks. But so Gruden's coming back to the Raiders and – you know, it's exciting. It's it's a yeah, huge, definitely. it's a big sexy move. He's got a big sexy contract, and he kind of looks like it's Mark silly. Davis. It's it's crazy, but you think it's going to cause some people to go tr- crazy during draft time? Oh yeah, no doubt. First of all, I think that 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 hiring a coach for a ten year contract before he's even stepped foot in the building is just wild. Obviously, yeah. he used to be there, but it's just wild to think that you can hold a head coach in the NFL for ten seasons regardless of, of what team yeah. you are and who it is. But anyway, Bill I Belichick think, doesn't even have a team. I think people deal. are just going to forget that the Raiders were shit this year. Like they were, <laughs> they were just horrible and anyone you picked what did not live up to the value that you had to draft them at. And I think people are going to completely forget that. I think Gruden's going to come in and they're going to look pretty good in these preseason games. And all you're going to hear about is, oh, my God, John Gruden saved Derek Carr's career, blah, blah, blah. You know, that type of stuff. And will will it happen? Will it not? I'm not sure. I do think that John Gruden is probably one of the best football minds out there. So can the Raiders turn it around? I'm sure they could. But what I'm saying is you won't know it. But their ADP is going to be like, you know, for a fact that they're going to be great again. Yeah, I I love this because I do think that whether, you know, there were talks after the season ended that they were considering parting ways with Crabtree. Cooper is going to be interesting for me in the offseason because I finally got a share of him for the first time in my life. And I scorched you. I hated it, but I also (laughs) loved it because. I still believe in the guy. I still think he's really, really good. Yeah. I just think that, you know, he was probably the poster child of, of this lost season in Oakland. And so he's got a great shot at redemption next year. You know, the, the connection with Carr is still there. And they showed that because the two of them finished really strong at the end of the year. He yeah, had two yeah, really nice true. long touchdowns. But because of that, because of the Gruden move, their ADP might be higher than, than we're willing to pay based on their performance this year. Like, I don't think... I don't think Amari Cooper's ADP is going to move at all, and, and it he should. Was a third round pick, though, and he was so. horrible. Yeah, so it, it definitely should. But I think that that this Gruden mystique is just going to put everybody back to loving the Raiders, like like last year, like this year, never even happened. Yeah, and it's gonna it may end up preventing Derek Carr from being among that list of quarterbacks that you and Tom are willing to wait for because he may just stay in that top ten ADP mm-hmm. range for quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't want him either. <laughs> Alrighty, Tom, let's go to yours because you've got one that uh, that has been alluded to already by this player uh, as your number one bold prediction, and it's important yeah, so, for fantasy players. Yeah, so it's it would be a big impact if this happened, and Huge. a lot of the signs are pointing to that it just might, and that would be Le'Veon Bell will hold out, but it will make him a gigantic value. Basically, he said he would retire if he gets franchise tagged again. Right. But it makes sense for the Steelers to franchise tag him again. I mean, running backs don't have the longest shelf life in the world. They're still going to pay him a ton of money. And that's in why 20s, I, I say. In the sorry? 20 million range, right? Something no, I think, like it's, a, I think it's 15 like, million yeah, about. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, that's why I think that it'll make him a huge value. You know, yeah. people are going to get scared to pick him. Your first overall pick area like people might panic. They might go, hey, you know, I'll take Gurley. Then the next guy says, oh, you know what? I'll take uh, David Johnson. And then it goes into kind of what we were talking about earlier where all these guys are actually pretty interesting at the price. Then they might start saying, hey, well, maybe I'll just go Zeke, now Kamara, now Hunt, now Fournette, right? And now you're looking that you might be able to get Le'Veon Bell way more picks in than you deserve because 
he's not going to turn away $15 million. No, he's not. And right. especially because if they tag him this year, they can't do it again. So you've got Le'Veon Bell at age 27 hitting the open market in a running back needy league yeah. all of a sudden. I love it. I think you're right, Tom. To me, if you can get Le'Veon Bell at any position after 1.01 in your draft, <laughs> you need to take him. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm done the thing playing that the whole me... injury thing with him because he's proven that when he's on the field, he's a huge difference maker for the Steelers and possibly an even bigger difference maker for his fantasy lineups. It's kind of like, so he, if, if he doesn't get um, the contract he wants and he gets franchise tagged, right? Um, he, he, he wants to also negotiate to not be paid like a running back. Right. And I've literally never, I can't name an example of someone who wants to get paid differently than the position they play actually working. I, I mean, it happens all the time. People, uh, they bemoan about it to the media and all this stuff, but then the contract never, it's it it never realizes. So So I think he'll be fine to draft. I think obviously he's fine to draft, but I think a lot of the more uh, careful people out there will be scared to take him. Yeah. It's crazy that like they're so willing to just be like, yeah, you know, we'll just franchise tag him. And then like he's about to hit the open market right when Ben is like contemplating this retirement. Like you, this is a cornerstone of your team. You need to lock him down, I think, right now. And if that means paying this man $20 million a year, yeah, that sounds crazy. But like we were talking about before, Don, he runs the football like he's the best running back in the league. And he catches as many passes as a second receiver and a first running back combined. Yeah, This guy does so much for the team, does so much for your fantasy team. So I'm fully on board with you, Tom. I think if he holds out at all, you know, it's going to change. It's going to change the way people start to think of him. Even in this year, in the preseason, people were starting to get nervous when he wasn't playing and and thinking about not drafting him because of that reason. And yeah, and he ends up as one of the best players by far. And even talking about the, the fact that they need the continuity within the Steelers to keep Ben around. They just fired. They just parted ways with Todd Haley, right? Like they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. Any offense, any touted offensive mind is going to look at the Steelers job the, the Steelers offensive coordinator job and be like, that's what I want to do yeah. because because I get Antonio Brown, the best receiver in the league, and Le'Veon Bell, the best running back in the league. And if I can get those two pieces, I can make anything work. Oh, yeah. You know, so like to me, you're right. I think it would be more important for the Steelers to get Antonio Brown's extension done before you get an offensive coordinator because if you've got Le'Veon Bell for X amount of years going forward, you can get whatever offensive coordinator you want because anybody with a brain – Anyone who just watches football is going to want that job. Exactly. (laughs) I would love to have that job. (laughs) So, Tom, great pick because you clearly got our brains working on Le'Veon Bell there. Uh, Let's go to to your next one. Uh, This one is more of a prediction than the other one. That one's kind of a – I don't know. Let's just say – let's just move on here. Duke Johnson (laughs) Jr. will be the value of the draft. These are different styles of prediction, but I don't know how to narrow that down enough. Um he was amazing, right? Yeah, he was. As a yep. raw value um, of fantasy points per week. He was awesome. And if you had him, you played him. And when you played him, you still didn't feel that good about it. So I can't imagine that going into the drafts and ADP and, you know, after, you know, mock drafting this and mock drafting that and the Browns. The Browns. Doing the damn thing. The Browns. Oh, and 16. That the people Browns. are going to want to take the running back from their team. But right. here's the thing. You can't take Isaiah. They don't have positive game script. No. So they always have negative game script. And Duke Johnson Jr. is the beneficiary of that. In full point PPR, he finished as running back 11. And Unbelievable. And there were, there were games where he had 10 fucking cat Or not tickets. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> nine catches and there were times where 10 rushes was the most he got right but he basically played you like a wide receiver who also has the chance to get 10 rushes so you can't really think of him as a running back but the good thing is is that he puts it you get to put him in your lineup as a running back where the position is scarce and the guy finished as a rb1 and i don't think he's going to get drafted as an rb1 not nearly close full point ppr pass catching running backs are currency and duke johnson's 
played like a hundred dollar bill this year. I think it's going to be one of the biggest changes in that ADP. Like the guys who, like Tom said, could see ten carries but will get targets. Their ADP is going to climb yeah. so high. Chris Thompson's getting drafted. You know, yeah. Duke Johnson's getting drafted, and these guys I think are going to be drafted higher yeah. than they ever were. All right, Tom, let's round it out. All right, and this was the finally, I was alluding to, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Yeah, because I love this call. Yeah, when you were talking about Philip Rivers, correct? Yes. Well, Don also wanted to talk about Matthew Stafford. And the prediction is I will still be able to use my last pick on Matthew Stafford. For, For the last reason, two years yeah. running, I've been able to do this in at least one league. And the guy this year, the reason that this becomes bold is because I don't think anything will change. But this year, the guy had two wide receiver ones. Yeah. He had Golden Tate <laughs> and he had Marvin Jones. Unreal. And the needle isn't going to move. No. No one cares about Matthew Stafford. They never talk about him in fantasy. A lot of the popular top people in fantasy in football circles, yeah, he's always in the top 12. He has a his his floor is 12. He finishes as 12 sometimes, but you yeah. know what? He goes out there, he plays every single week. He's going to have to sling the ball and he always does and he's yep. got two top receivers in the lineup i mean it's hard to it's hard to make the case against him but it. for some reason his adp makes the case against him every time people don't even realize they already draft a quarterback they already panicked before they realized he was still available and here i am cool as a cucumber taking him with my very last pick of the draft i love it yeah i think i think you're right you know we talk like you know we talk about watson he's gonna be he's gonna be a sexy pick next year goff is gonna be a good pick wentz but like nobody talks about Stafford, and there he Ever. is. There he is. See, he, I feel like he has the Jimmy same Garoppolo year is every be. Yep. year, regardless of who's there, how how their team is. Who's you know, coaching? like yeah, it's yeah. just nuts. He's just he's so consistent, and right. if you can get that consistency that late yep. again, it's just crazy. Yep. All right, so let's move to mine now. My first one. It's it's not a homer pick because I don't identify as a Vikings fan, but I'm certainly one now. I want them to. I want definitely to rooting for him. Uh, and I'm certain I just want the home Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we yeah, that won't get any press coverage either, though. You know? <laughs> um, Minnesota next year will have two wide receivers with an ADP in the fifth round or higher. I think Diggs and Thielen are both gonna get there, especially in full PPR leagues where Thielen will really be valued. But like I just think I think Thielen's gonna be there and I love Diggs. And Scott, I know you love Diggs, so I don't yeah. want to step on your toes too much. Uh, so I'll I'll leave it at that. But I do think that both of those receivers are going to be in the fi- drafted in the fifth round or higher coming into next year. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of recency bias with them yeah. too because they both performed so well on a team that played so well. But um, I'll get into Diggs a, a little bit later. But I, I agree with you. I think that it's very possible that they're both up there. It happens yeah. with receivers on teams all the time. Look at look at Denver. You know, yeah. they had two guys in the top five or six rounds with Detroit's probably going to have Trevor Simeon as their yeah. quarterback. Yeah. And the Packers do it. You know, right. the Steelers did it in some leagues this year. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's certainly possible. And I don't think it matters who plays quarterback because they both got two Diggs studs. and Thielen have done the same things, whether it was Ke- uh, Keenum, Bradford or Bridgewater. Yeah. Moving on. For now. some reason, I don't think I'd feel that good with Keenum that high. I mean, not Keenum with uh, Thielen that high in my lineup. <laughs> Well, I mean, fourth round, you're still you're probably taking him as your second receiver, and I think that's I serviceable. Uh, I don't know. I think I might ditch him both, sure. but I think I think they'll both. I think you're right, Don. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But I also think that I'm a little more scared of them. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, my next one: Drew Brees will have an ADP as a top five quarterback yet again, even though he didn't finish there this year. He was yeah. QB nine. This year, mm-hmm. so I, I do think the name recognition is going to be there. He played a lot better in the postseason, so maybe the recency bias we start to see. But I do think he's going to be one of those first five QBs taken, and you know I'll probably take a shot on him if I can get him in a good round. But yeah. like I said, top five quarterbacks, you're probably going to have all your all of your top five quarterbacks taken before the seventh or eighth round. Yeah, no so doubt. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough if you want Breeze this year. Yeah, I don't I, think you can get him discounted because of that running game renaissance that they've had. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that just the, the consistency, because even this year, you know, they did run the ball a ton and his attempts were way down. Yeah. But he still had a pretty solid season, you know, and, and like we said, he still ranked in the top 10, which the other guys in the top 10 were, were pretty unpredictable outside of a couple studs. So um, 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think you're right. I think there's going to be someone in a lot of leagues that's just like, all right, let me just lock down a steady quarterback. Who should I go with? Uh, Breeze. Yep. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a guy who doesn't pay as much attention or whatever, and he's just going to be shocked that Drew Brees is still available. So he's going to pick him up because he knows who Drew Brees is. But um, I actually don't think I, – I think I'd have him ranked closer to five than I would closer to ten anyway coming into the season. Yeah. Rankings episode just uh, six short months away now. <laughs> We're almost to July, everybody. Yep. Half a year away. Um, <laughs> my – Next one is we're going back to the well with running backs here. This year, there were basically three running backs who were shoe-ins for the first round. And you can actually, let's throw four in. This year in the first round, you pretty much had Le'Veon, Zeke, David Johnson, and LaShawn McCoy take yep. him in the first round before the Zeke suspension was announced. And mm-hmm. in some cases, Zeke was still there. But after that, those next six picks, it could have been six wide receivers. It could have been five running back, five receivers and a running back. It could have been four and three. But the Gronk rest of the, in the mix. Right. But the majority of the picks after pick three were not running backs is yeah. the point I'm trying to make. Right. That's not going to be the case next Agreed. year. Agreed. I think at least 60% of the first round, whether it's of, of 10 round, ten team league or 12 team league, at least 60% of the um, of the first round is going to be running backs. Because, I mean, just, just list the names, right? Le'Veon, David Johnson, Zeke, Shady. I think Melvin Gordon belongs there because he's been – in the top 10 in the position for the last two years. Todd Gurley had a huge year. Still haven't said any of the three rookies. We we just talked talked about about Kareem Hunt. We just talked about Alvin Kamara. That's eight already. I've also got Leonard Fournette on there who could be be one. Mark Ingram, if we're going to throw Kamara in there, we got to throw Ingram in there. That's 10. And don't forget, everybody is about to fall in love with Saquon Barkley's combine numbers no question so about that. he might if he ends up on the right team he might sneak into the first round mm-hmm. that's 11 yeah you know and that's now listen antonio brown's going in the first round yeah and deandre, DeAndre hopkins, hopkins might will too. probably go in the first round but after those two who are you are you going to take odell before you take Lashawn mccoy are you going to take odell before you take kareem hunt it's gonna are be you going to take julio jones before you take alvin Kamara? I think that's the interesting one, that Julio Jones, a lot of people are going to back off of him yep. to a big degree. And, and then if I said, if, you know, if that if it happens like that, well, guess what the second round's going to be? Receivers. It's going to be all receivers. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. like, I think, I think getting a running back in the first round of your drafts this year is going to be one of the go-to strategies for a lot of yeah, teams. For because sure. we've seen that there were so many, and like we said, the receiver position took a big step back. And why? Because of the emphasis put on pass-catching running backs and the inconsistencies at quarterback. Pass-catching running backs aren't going anywhere, and unfortunately it looks like quarterback inconsistencies aren't going anywhere either. No. So <laughs> I think, like I said, at least 60%. If I said 70 I think both of you still would have agreed with me. Yeah, I, yeah, I would, I would have. have. You know, so Yeah, definitely. Just, I think it's, it's going to be wild. I yeah. think there's going to be, you know, people are, are going to completely discredit the um, – the Julio Jones, the Mike Evans, the Odell Beckham's, those guys. Yeah. Um, they're gonna they're gonna take a hit while these yep. these running backs that have that dual capability move yeah. up. Before we get to the preview of Championship Sunday, we have a great question that we need to ask ourselves. What player's fantasy value has risen throughout the yoffs for us? And the we're not yoffs. talking about the fantasy playoff. <laughs> we're not talking about the fantasy yoffs. We're talking about the NFL official yoffs. Right. And Scott, I almost stepped on your toes there and, and, and went full digs. Yeah. So let's go for it. Yeah, I'm falling in love with Stefan Diggs. I really am. You know, for us, because especially because we're an East Coast team, I really don't get to see Minnesota play a lot. Yeah. So when I'm watching these games, I'm I'm looking at, at Diggs and saying, like, wow, he he's literally just as open as Adam Thielen is. Yeah. He has the the hands, the speed, the the jumping ability that you saw on that last play. Granted, he probably should have gotten hit by great. that safety. He still, still went up catch. and got it. Turned around and as I as he's booking the end zone, I'm saying to myself, I am drafting this guy <laughs> next year. Yeah. There is no <laughs> doubt about it. I think that he, you know, he caught 
eight touchdowns in the regular season. He's got two in the playoffs already, and it was a down reception and yardage year for him. I can easily see him, whether it's Keenum, whether it's Bridgewater, or whether it's Bradford, going right to what Adam Thielen did this year. I think that he yep. is one of those guys who is going to go a little later. He might not be in that, that top five ADP, yeah. like you said, but in that WR2 range, that could explode next year. And that's a, like, you could argue that the the ceiling for Stefan Diggs is a lot higher than what Thielen did this year because he does it is that better big playability. Oh, yeah. He's he's getting more red zone looks than Thielen is. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, that's that's currency for, for drafting a fantasy wide receiver. I think you're absolutely right. He's a guy that I'm falling in love with as a result of you falling in love with him. So, yeah, I think and you're right. Not to mention he, like, milked that moment. Like, it was an amazing moment. He made that moment And his. he milked it dry. It was incredible. <laughs> with the helmet toss. And then at the end of the game, he's on the uh, on the bench, standing just there with his mugging. arms folded, just letting the whole media, like, alright guys, this is your time to take pictures of me. Make me look cool. Like, he he nailed it. He yeah. soaked the moment in perfectly. And, and yep. you know, I, I love that little showmanness about receivers in general, that, that yep. bravado that he has. So that, just everything Everything that he's done in this postseason has made me be like, yeah. this guy is a stud. I've been overlooking him for too long. Yeah, uh, Tom, we're going to stay at that same game for your player who you think their fantasy value has risen. Yeah, and that's uh, that's one Michael Thomas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I think I'm going to rank Breeze closer to five than uh, ten, and it's largely to do with this guy. I mean, it's pretty much entirely to do with this guy except for Kamara scrambling out of the backfield. Right. Because – you look at his his stat sheet this year in full point PPR. It's something to uh, to behold. He had not gone under ten points except week one and week six. Week one, wow. he was at Minnesota. So guess where he was last week at Minnesota. He got sweet revenge, and, oh. and he did just oh. fine. Yeah, I mean he made Xavier Rhodes look like a little boy. Xavier Rhodes had to go to the tent and. Uh, <laughs> recuperate from yeah. the beating that Michael Thomas was delivering. So the only other cornerback that shut him down really was Slay uh, of the Detroit Lions. And we all know he's a quite serviceable cornerback himself. And Detroit got he, gashed on the ground. I sh I'm sure if you looked at like the box scores, Mark Ingram and, and Kamara had a field day that game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm all in on this guy. He finished as a wide receiver six, and he did it in a consistent fashion. And he went above 20 a few times. I'm looking at the thing at it right now. He went above 25 times. Yeah. Right. Right now, Michael Thomas or Odell Beckham next year. Odell Beckham. Sorry, Odell, but right yeah. now, <laughs> Michael Thomas over um, Mike Evans for sure. Yeah. Jordy. Like no Devontae doubter. Adams. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I love him. Oh, yeah, I I, I'm still arguing. I'm too. still juggling whether Odell is the second wide receiver off the board. It's going to depend on the quarterback it's over there. That, that's why I said right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. The quarterback situation could be yeah. crazy with the Giants. I kind of had two, but I'm realizing now that one of them really wasn't that good of a pick anyway. I was going to say Leonard Fournette because I think he, like, based on what he did against Buffalo based think, on what he just I did. I think we covered him pretty good. He's though. a bona fide first round pick, but I think a lot of people probably thought he was a first round pick going into next year already right. before the postseason started. So I'm I'm ditching that. I'm going Derrick Henry. And I think he moved up. He was like a sixth, seventh round handcuff this year right. with DeMarco Murray there. All signs are pointing to the fact that they are going to part ways with DeMarco Murray because they believe in him. So I think and they just Murray got rid is going to climb. He's going to be he's going to be like a third, fourth round pick. He may even bump into the second round if you had a guy take like Antonio Brown in the first round and realize that the well had run dry with running backs this year, um, and then end up taking you know Derrick Henry in the second round. I could see it, maybe not, but we'll see. So I like Derrick Henry. I it think he's going to move up big time. Yeah, I think so too. Year. I think he did so much for himself in the absence of Murray. Oh yeah. And when you get a a new head coach in, they kind of want to. They are the ones that got McDaniel's, right? No, McDaniel's is going to the Colts. Yeah, they're, they're not decided yet. The Titans right. aren't okay. decided yet, but their head coach definitely is not coming back. Um, I think that bodes well for Henry as a young guy with a young quarterback and now a young receiver in Corey Davis, there's like a whole, it seems like a, a, a revamping yeah. that they, they certainly need for sure yeah. on offense because they were abysmal. And I think a casualty of that is probably going to be Jamarco Murray. There's, mm -hmm. you know, I could see him getting traded, maybe even getting cut potentially. Yeah. And uh, if that happens, you're right. Derek Henry, you know, he could perform like a first rounder. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think his ADP was going to be largely influenced by that New England game. And luckily, kind of the way I was talking about Jared Goff blowing it in the playoffs, right. is that he didn't do that much. Um, I still think he'll, he's going to get fed. You know, He's going to have all the opportunity in the world. And you look at the last couple games where DeMarco Murray wasn't there and he went nuts, right? right? So if he went nuts against the Patriots, then everyone would have known. But So right now, he might be a uh, Tennessee's best-kept secret. Yeah. All right, let's get to the slate. We've got the early game, which is going to be, I believe it's the AFC game, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the AFC So game. the Jags at Pats, Jags against the Pats on Sunday, the Jags coming off of a 45-point explosion Incredible. against Pittsburgh, held off the comeback in the second half from Big Ben and company. What a game. Great game. What Probably a fantasy game. One of the best game. games of the year. Oh, yeah. Easily one of the best fantasy games of the year for sure. Um, listen, I don't know how you make any kind of fantasy football lineup right now and you don't have Gronk at your tight end. I don't know. I've got him. 11 career postseason games. He was, and one of them was when they played Houston in 2012, I think it was. Yeah. In 2012, he played against Houston, had one target for no yards, and he got hurt and missed the rest of the game. Right. If you take that one out and just count the 10 games where he was there and was a factor, 58 catches, 835 yards, 10 tutties. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, the dude balls out in the playoffs. Yeah, and they know. You know I mean, they and he, Brady knows where his bread is buttered, yeah. especially when it matters most. He has scored. He didn't play in the postseason last year, but in his last six postseason games, he scored at least one touchdown in all of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how could he not? You know, yeah. when you get in the red zone, you and gotta got, you gotta look for yeah. him. And you've got the Jags who have had who had problems with Vance McDonald last week. Well, I mean, he got a hundred targets. Yeah, but <laughs> but still, I I think I do think this might end up being where the Jags magic runs out. But man, do I want to see them win this? Oh, game. Oh, I am going to be rooting so very hard for the Jags. Yeah. Um, you know, to all our loyal listeners, they may remember back in Week Ten when we when I, I spoke and brought up to you guys and we discussed the Jags Super Bowl potential. And here we are, but one game away. You know, and and what I said then, I will say now about this game. Um, there is really one proven remedy to being able to beat Tom Brady. Pressure with your down four linemen and good cover D-backs. That is exactly what the Jags have, and they have a hammer at running back, which is really the only way to be able to control clock, keep Brady off the field, and still score points, which they proved they can yep. do last week. So there's my case for the Jags. And they really put the reins back on Blake Bortles. They were kind of letting him go out and do whatever he could do against Buffalo. They really had him in a structured, organized offense against the Steelers, and it paid off big time. Oh, yeah. If they can get something like that going, I mean, the defense is good enough. And I think they learned a big lesson about not letting up in the second half like they did against the Steelers. And listen, right. Big Ben, if Big Ben really is the Hall of Fame quarterback that we are led to believe that he is, he was obviously going to make a run. Right. And the Steelers made that run, and the defense made enough plays, and Bortles made enough plays to win that game. I really want to see that happen against New England, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Brady goes for another 350 and three, unfortunately. That would be. I'm starting Bortles once again. Let's go. Yeah. Tom. Let's love it, go. Tom. I love to hear love it. Love it. But um, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, regardless of of the game itself, the, the fantasy aspects, you got to love Fournette, obviously coming off a three touchdown game yeah. where he easily could have had a fourth touchdown. If Yeldon didn't, didn't, uh, you know, vulture him on the goal yeah. line there. Uh, you got to assume that their pass game is going to open up. It, it, it kind of has to, to be able to move the ball, I think against new England. So yeah, they're going to really, I think they're going to sell out. So if you're, if you're looking for that, for a dart throw receiver, Keelan Cole, DD Westbrook, Marquise Lee, all those three are, are kind of in the mix, but um, you know, for the Patriots, I think it's like as good as their offense is. I think it's tough to decide outside of Gronk who's going to produce. Well, Tom, they were your fantasy MVP. So, what do you consider the DFS prospects of the Jags defense this week? I mean, I think it's an unbelievable sight to see them be the cheapest option of the week. Yeah, that's easily crazy. the most talented option of the week. I mean, they have upside, of course. They score so many touchdowns. Um, they get after the quarterback. I don't. It's Do we tough think this to game is going to be low scoring? No. I, I think yeah. it'll be – if if the Jags are going to have a chance, I think it has to be in the 20s. Okay. But I don't so. think it will be low scoring. And I think the obvious choice for defense in DFS this week is the Vikings. Yeah, yeah pay up for them. Minnesota's. They're not even the most expensive one. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's transition right in. We've got the Vikings going to the Eagles. They didn't quite get the help they needed from Atlanta to have – 
uh, three straight home games in the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. Right. Um, but they do get to go to Philly and take on Nick Foles. I do think they are a great defensive option. I do think that, you know, I mean, ride, ride the lightning. lightning. I think I, I think it's – yeah, I think out of the, the four quarterbacks um, to choose, I think that would be the one that I choose. Yeah. He'd be my guy be, just based off of pricing. He's probably the second – um, most expensive one, but probably second not, most expensive, but probably not that big of a of a price, right, Tom? Like you're not pr- paying premium dollar to get him. Agreed. I, I, well, here's Fanduel. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady nine thousand, Case Keenum eight thousand, Bortles seventy six hundred, okay, so Foles seventy one hundred. So eight okay. eight thousand isn't definitely isn't cheap, but I here's I the like, thing though. Scott, sorry to cut you off, but okay. when, even when he is relatively expensive and even when you're going for studs here, this is almost like a Monday and Thursday contest that yeah, I play a lot a during the regular season because there's only four teams, right? Right. So you'll make a lineup and you'll be surprised with how much money you have. Um, Gronk is going to be in every lineup in the world this week because you know the, the prices don't necessarily change to reflect how few games there are. Right. So, you're able to afford studs relatively easily. It just depends which ones you want and where you, you have to make like one concession and you can, you can get Gronk. Are you, are we forced to decide between Diggs and Thielen for Minnesota's receivers? Um, I mean, I, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start both of them in my lineup. Okay. But, um, I am currently, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would start both of them in my lineup. That's, that's, that's a little risky, yeah. but, um, but I think they're both they're both as good. Options it's not that as crazy to me. This week, I guess I guess when you think about it, they're like two of the better options that you can actually yeah. have. I mean, this I week. don't I don't I think Cooks. Yeah, because have a tough time. Yeah. Well, because you you're gonna assume that Blake Bortles is not gonna light the world on fire through the air, right. and you're gonna assume that the Jacksonville defense and their defensive backfield shows up. So it's a lot of that game. Yeah, and Minnesota's as well. So it is tough. Um, the guy that I'm going cheap on is Keelan Cole. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's see. So you had the same thought as me. Like one of these receivers that the Jags are going to have a chance. One of these guys is going to have to step up. I'll tell you what. I went with Danny Amendola last week, and it really paid off. Do yeah. We that see was, that, that's a good call. Do we see that path being followed again I, for New England. Honestly, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if yeah. he if he got a lot of targets. Um, operating out of the slot in that in that quick throw type of yeah. offense. You know, he's he's got that. You know, I role. love that. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he's got that Edelman type of role, and uh, you know Hogan's still, I think, a little. He's a little too beat up to, yeah. to take that pounding, which stinks because he was really, he was really getting cooking. Yeah. When he when he went yeah, down, he, that's he a, had that's a great, great year. Um, all right. The so, Eagles, I don't really like to. By the way, like almost yeah. no one on yeah, their we, whole we team. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, that. like I have on. zero Eagles in my lineup. I will say though, like Minnesota's offense didn't light the world on fire, so Philly's D could be pretty cheap here too. If if you know, it seems like most of the community thinks they're going to lose. Which yeah, is I, I kinda, exactly where the Eagles want to be. Yeah, I kind of like the Vikings big this week. But I mean, if if they can't score the way that they couldn't score against New Orleans, the Eagles' defenses could be pretty serviceable because we know that they can get after the quarterback. I don't think Keenum makes enough mistakes that there'll be a huge big play right. potential. But you know, if you're looking for like a solid, you know, if you don't want to take the chance that you play the Jags defense and they let up 34 and, points again, and their game plan now is to win close. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not acting like they want to win ugly. They want to be the Titans, right? They're not acting like Nick Foles is going to average the 30 points per game that Carson Wentz did, really. right? Right. So, so they're leaning on that defense and they're and they're you know trying to play closer games, and I think that this matchup is just really is really not good for them because no. that's how Minnesota likes to play too and they're i think that they're just better at it right right okay well that'll do it uh enjoy championship sunday everybody we are going to be back um we're going to be back at some point before the super bowl but uh we're not exactly sure when uh we may come back if the demand for a pro bowl episode is warranted but if not we will definitely see you before super bowl sunday to break down the super bowl not just of fantasy football but of actual nfl football enjoy the games everybody hit us up on twitter at ruts ff you can find tom at hillier ff scott is at wags ff i am at why so serious you can also hit up our instagram at ruts ff as well we will be on there uh giving you some things to look forward to throughout the uh the two-week layoff of football that we have because you can't really label the pro bowl football anyway no. um, but we will see you before then enjoy the games and until next time keep scoring keep scoring